hello, welcome to Griff Talks Football. Yes, I know it's not an original name, but it's my fucking show. So that's all that matters right now. And um, I'm starting to release episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesdays is more of a uh, reviewing the Sunday games and the Monday night game, as well as previewing uh, Thursday night's game tomorrow between the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans and, you know, other Thursday night's games when there's a Wednesday episode. And then for Saturday episodes, they'll be previewing the Sunday games and Monday night game. Um, and then also reviewing the Thursday night game and then what to look um, into or what to look for um, for the uh, Sunday's game. So, but today's episode is not only again previewing the Thursday night football game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans, but also um, reviewing the games that happened last Sunday and Monday night's game, as well as players have shown significant improvement. And news of the week, which that's something I'm starting, just throwing out one news piece that people may have not known of, but like I think have, uh, I think have a greater impact around the, the NFL. Uh, but just something that's more most interesting to me that I just wanted to to share out there. But I will definitely uh, share that uh, as we progress through 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 this episode. Um, but. Something to kind of like review or at least uh, mention before uh, reviewing these games was that I, I, I said in my last episode, which if you haven't uh, looked at that, uh, please check it out. But in my last episode, I, I, I said in previewing games what to what to look for. And um, I felt that I was right on some in a sense of, wow, like these these previews, like these uh, performances you know, really struck out to me and I felt like kind of right there in a sense of previewing, but then like some, some of the games that came out, uh, totally shocked my expectation where I thought this is how the game was going to go. And, uh, that, 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 that certainly was not the case. Um, so this is, uh, and as I'm reviewing, uh, these games, some of them I got right again. And some of them, as I will mention about the, the main takeaway, uh, kind of surprised me. So uh, without without further ado, I'm going to kick this off with the Cowboys versus Redskins. Um, I was right on this in the sense of the preview. Uh, it was about Dak's performance. And again, uh, Dak Prescott played well. He threw three touchdowns, one interception, though. Uh, he threw uh, uh, nearly 300 yards. He only and that's the thing, too. He only made four incompletions. Now I'm not saying oh he went you know 15 out of 20 or or 15 out of 19. No, he he threw the ball simply he threw the ball 30 times, completed 26 of them. Uh, he also ran for nearly 70 yards just on five rushes alone, which is uh, uh, impressive all on its on itself too. I mean that's what football now kind of requires from many quarterbacks, not speed necessarily, but but definitely mobility in the pocket. Um, so, or at least toughness too, but definitely mobility in the pocket. And again, not to say that the Redskins are trash. They're, I, I would say they're a pretty competitive team, at least offensively. Defensively, their secondary is, and their pass rush has, at least throughout these two games, been very uh, non-existent. Um, and so, 
to see Dak play well. He's definitely making an argument. I don't know for MVP yet, but he's definitely making an argument as to why uh, he should receive a massive contract, um, not just from any NFL team, but definitely from the Dallas Cowboys if Jerry Jones uh, really wants to, to keep Dak Prescott. So congrats on the Cowboys winning 31-21 against the Redskins. Uh, Colts versus Titans. Um, Mariota's bad play. Now I, I mentioned that it was about you know Derrick Henry and the in the in the Colts uh, run defense, which both kind of balanced out in the sense of you know they kept Derrick Henry under 100 yards rushing, but Derrick Henry only had 15 carries for you know 81 yards. Which was an average of a five point yard, five point four yards per carry in a rushing touchdown. So, while that's impressive in itself to keep a running back under hundred yards, especially a very good one, um, he had five point four yards per carry. So I would say it was a good balance. But the 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 main takeaway was the fact that Marcus Mariota did not play well. He didn't even throw over two hundred yards. He he completed nineteen passes under two hundred yards. So he didn't throw the ball deep at all. Yes, he did not commit any turnovers. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass. Uh, but when the game was on the line, they had the ball last. They were marching down the field. It was terrible clock management. Um, and the Colts ended up winning that game 19-17. to So uh, that, <coughs> sorry. that in itself was, was the main takeaway. From this game uh, was Mariota's bad was bad play overall and in terrible time management in the game. You know, for for a team that blew out the Browns, which I understand the Browns have never been a great organization in terms of winning, but you can make an argument the Browns have more talent or at least better players overall than the Colts. Um, and so for Titans to go on the road. And beat the Browns, but then to come back home and lose to the Colts, which Jacoby Brissett, the Colts quarterback, he didn't throw over 200 yards either. He threw three touchdowns, but a lot of it has been uh, the run game. Um, so, again, congrats to the Colts on winning. Uh, just terrible play by Marcus Mariota. Um, Cardinals versus Ravens, Lamar outplayed Murray. Uh, Lamar had over 100 yards rushing and threw over 250 yards, uh, two touchdown passes, and one rushing touchdown, I believe. Um, or, no, it, the rushing touchdown must have been uh, Mark Ingram. Um, however, Kyle Murray didn't play bad either. He threw over 300 yards. He didn't turn over the ball. Um, but, however... As I previewed the game in my previous episode about the 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 performance of both QBs, what's going to come down to, it really came down to the performance of the quarterbacks. And what really kind of iced the game or sealed the game was Lamar uh, Jackson made a beautiful throw uh, to Hollywood Brown, um, who caught the pass um, to a point where he was almost out of bounds, but he was able to get his feet down in bounds. Uh, and then the Ravens just milked the clock, ended up winning 23 to 17. Uh, 
Uh, also, to keep in mind that the Cardinals have never had so far throughout the season have not scored a touchdown in three quarters of play. When the fourth quarter is where they've consistently have came back. Uh, first game they tied with the Lions, and the second game they almost came back. They just didn't make a, a play on defense to be able to get the ball back offensively. So, congrats on the Ravens' uh, victory. Uh, they're 2 0 this season. Cardinals are 0 1 1. So, like one loss, one tie, but. Uh, Yeah, one loss, one tie, but zero wins. Sorry about that. Um, brings all over the place. Um, Chargers versus Lions. Uh, Chargers bad offense and Lions good defense. Or or Lions good defense. Um, so I previewed this game as being as coming down to Matthew Stafford versus the Chargers defense. And that was not the case. There were two straight plays, or at least a couple of plays consecutively where the Chargers got a touchdown, but then they got penalized. Then they got another touchdown and got penalized. So both touchdowns were negated. And then they got to, they drove, they continuously drove down the field, got to the goal line. And Austin Eckler got the ball. He jumped, but then fumbled the ball before crossing the goal line. And the Lions recovered that. Uh, Phil Rivers threw a pick for several sacks. But his bad offensive play by the Chargers that were, I would say, clearly more talented than the Lions. But also give credit to the Lions defense to be able to hold on and, and seal the victory. And Matthew Stafford played well enough to help the Lions, again, win 13-10. Um, but it was just bad, bad performance by the Chargers offensively. All right, Seahawks versus Steelers. Ben's injury. Big Ben. I believe has a torn ligament in his elbow and he's in his throwing elbow. His right elbow is definitely out for the season. So they'll look to Mason Rudolph, their backup QB to uh, help the team offensively. I don't know about carrying them, but definitely help uh, at least not only score points, but to uh, get wins overall. Um, the game between the Seahawks and Steelers was a competitive one. Ended up being 28 to, to 26. Uh, but the main news was about Ben's injury, which, granted, that was the main news presented by media. Um, but not only was it Ben's injury, but my main takeaway was the Seahawks receivers. Not to say that they're trash or anything, but any receiver that is coming to play Pete Carroll and, and has played Russell Wilson has been – Awesome, I would say, uh, in, a, in a sense of like they've like I didn't expect any of them other than Tyler Rock, uh, Lockett to be good. But DJ Metcalf, who was drafted, he's like he's a good athlete, but I didn't think he was going to be the a really good receiver. But he's becoming an excellent receiver. Um, but and also a couple tight ends with the Seahawks. But really, it's it's Russell Wilson's play that's kind of help these receivers uh, elevate their game. So congrats to the Seahawks uh, winning a 28 uh, to 26 tight game. Uh, Jags versus Texans, close but no cigar. So uh, Texans didn't play well, but they got the win. 
13-12 as the Jacksonville Jaguars had the ball on their last drive. And they got the touchdown, but they decided to go for two. And they handed off the ball to Leonard Fournette, who broke one tackle. And he, he spun out of it. And then Justin Reed, the safety for the Texans, uh, stopped Leonard Fournette. And it was so close, too. Had Leonard Fournette kind of reached the ball towards the goal line, that would have crossed the plane, but he didn't. Uh, he was trying to protect the ball, which that was the right decision there. Um, but Justin Reed stopped him, and the Texans recovered the onside kick. And uh, there was 30 seconds left, so they just nailed, they just nailed the ball and won. Which, congrats to Houston on winning, but for what I ex expected the Texans' offense to be, which they have shown, um, being throwing the ball deep a lot, being out of shotgun plays a lot. They they did run the ball successfully. Uh, Carlos Heidel's had it on yards rushing. Uh, Sean Watson had a couple had 50, uh, not 50, 40 yards rushing, I believe. So he had a couple yards rushing. Uh, and a rushing touchdown. Um, but that was the overall thing was was close, but no cigar for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we also have to recognize, too, that the Texans made a couple plays just to be able to inch their way out of this game. It's so like on fourth and one, they ended up going for it and got a touchdown. So even if they didn't get that touchdown, if they just got in that one yard, they would have had other downs to be able to score in that goal line situation. But not only did they convert on fourth down, uh, on a fourth and one, they got the touchdown. And then while the defense didn't stop Jacksonville from scoring, they definitely stopped them from getting the two point. So, I, again, congrats on the Texans for, for winning that game. Um, now the Texans play against the Chargers next week, just FYI. Um, so I will preview that game my next episode. Uh, but – um, as, as a Houston fan, uh, kind of worried. I don't want offensively. Are they going to be inconsistent or will it be consistent? So that's the thing I would say. Uh, looking. All right, Bills versus Giants. Eli's play. That's basically what's the theme of it. Eli did not play well. Um, and however, congrats to the Bills for winning that game, twenty to fourteen. Uh, also recognize that even though the Bills necessarily don't have you know, star players on defense, other than Micah Hyde, the safety, um, they're a great defense. They've been a consistent, great defense, being in the top 10 for yardage and points um, ever since Sh Sean McDermott, I think, has, has, has been there. Uh, he's been there since 2017. So... He's going in his third season, but ever since he's been there, the, the defense has performed exceptionally well um, with what they have. And kind of hard to score against that defense. Not to take, you know, not to take anything away from them, but uh, through Eli's experience, you would think that the Giants would be able to move the ball uh, with no problem. But that that isn't that wasn't the case. They had some drives that were successful, but Eli is, has not been has not played well. So uh, again, congrats to the Bills. 49ers versus the Bengals. Uh, 49ers are golden. 
Um, so when I previewed this game, it was about pass versus run. Because uh, I thought the Bengals were going to be pass heavy, and I thought the 49ers were going to be run heavy. Uh, both were balanced. Um, however, the 49ers were more successful just because of not only having more rushing yards, they were more run balanced, or they, they called more run plays. Uh, but their play actions were were sick. I mean, some of these play action passes, the receivers or tight ends were so wide open. And Jimmy Garoppolo just basically had to lay it up in there or just make an accurate throw. And it was either a touchdown or a huge game. So Jimmy Garoppolo threw over 300 yards, but it wasn't, you know, throwing 30 times or 40 times. Um, it was throwing between 25, almost 30 times, but it was majority off of play action. And some of it was short passes that ended up being long gains. Like they called a screen pass and that ended up being a 30 yard touchdown to a running back. Um, so the 49ers offensively, and it's not like they're being innovative or anything. It's the same system that everyone else uses, depending on what kind of scheme they, they have, but they've used multiple formations but run the same thing basically and have defenses confused, uh, confused, especially for, you know, defensive coaches, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing offensively. And it re it's really coming down to, sh to Kyle Shanahan's play calling. And so far it, it was successful in this game and I expect them to have at least a successful offensive season this year. Uh, defense, they've played well thus far, but we'll have to see, uh, but that's a question to look into. Are are they golden? Are they really good this year? Uh, we'll have to see. Vikings v. Packers. Defense, I got your back, Aaron. That's basically what the Packers defense said. The, the Packers came out firing offensively. They ran the ball well. Aaron threw the ball well. Uh, they scored 21 points in the first half, but they didn't score anything in the second half. Kind of stalled out from there. Uh, the Vikings were catching up. At one point, it was 26 and 16. The Vikings had the ball first and goal at the three yard line. And Kirk Cousins, play action, threw the ball to the right, but it was picked off. And then the Packers ran the ball, ran the clock, punted again. Packers um, forced another turnover. And Packers ran the ball out, the, uh, ran the clock again. Vikings got the ball back and another turnover by the Packers. And uh, so that Packers defense is legit. It really is. I think so, just through two games. Granted, one of them was against Mitchell Trubisky. Kirk Cousins has a higher ceiling than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but that Packers defense, no doubt, is legit. They Vikings have good offensive players. Um, and again, congrats to the Packers winning that game, 21-16. Oh, and that 49ers versus Bengals game, it was 41-17. It was a blowout. Patriots versus Dolphins. Pats defense eight. They not only didn't allow a touchdown pass or a rushing touchdown, they didn't have they didn't allow over 150 yards passing, I believe. They didn't allow 50 yards rushing. They absolutely dominated. Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions. Josh Rosen threw one interception, and three of those interceptions ended up being defensive touchdowns. So it wasn't that the uh, that Patriots offensively with Tom Brady, you know, went lights out. 
they that's not what happened. Uh, it was Patriots defense that kind of outshined the Patriots offense. And so far throughout the season, Bill Belichick calling defensive plays has been successful thus far. And uh, ended up being 43-0. And like when I said when previewing this game, I said skip this game. If you really watch this game, I mean, congrats to you. You're either a true football fan or a really huge Patriots fan. So congrats to you on watching that game. Because I, I, I knew automatically that the, the Patriots were going to win. Keys versus Raiders, not even close. Mahomes, second quarter play. Mahomes threw over 200 yards, 250 yards in one quarter with four touchdowns. Now, the offense for the Chiefs kind of stalled down in the second half. Um, other than 10 points in the first quarter. So again, the score ended up being 28 to 10. Uh, but congrats to the to the Chiefs winning that game. Um, their defense seems to improve from last week. Um, so keep that in mind. Saints versus Rams. Breeze got hurt and Rams dominated defensively and offensively. Uh, and the score ended up being 27 to 9. Um, but overall, from this takeaway, it was basically Rams defense kept the Saints offense from doing anything really. And, and Drew Brees also has a torn ligament in his thumb. However, um, he'll be back within six to seven weeks, um, compared to Big Ben, who's out for the season. So recovering from a hand injury is, is far better than recovering from an elbow injury. So. Um, not to say the Saints were a bad team. They're not. Uh, just the Rams outplayed them. Bears versus Broncos. What a kick. Um, the Bears kicker. Um, I can't even pronounce his last name, but it's actually a G. Um, he uh, kicked a couple field goals, especially a 53-yarder. And the field goals he kicked, they were from 40. Uh, 52 and then 53 for the game winner. Scoring up being 16-14. Mitchell Trubisky played okay, but he did enough to at least have one second left on the clock in the fourth quarter to have the Bears be able to kick a game-winning field goal. So um, as for the Broncos, they played well defensively, or at least better defensively. But that offense, no matter what QB you have, no matter what players you have, a receiver, running back, um, it's, it's stalled out other than them coming back. Uh, it was basically checkdowns. It was check down Joe. That's basically what it was. And I don't see the Broncos improving significantly offensively anytime soon. I don't think they'll have a winning record this year. Uh, it's gotta be rebuild from here. Cause John Elway has fired coaches. Uh, well, he didn't fire Gary Kubiak, but. Definitely didn't give Vance Joseph enough to be able to rebuild a roster. And so, um, again, congrats to the Bears winning that game. Eagles versus Falcons. Despite injuries, Eagles almost won. Eagles had two starting receivers out in the same game. Uh, a couple of their offensive linemen got hurt. Some of them returned, some of them didn't. Carson Wentz got hurt but still played throughout the game. And the Falcons did just enough to pass by. 
it wasn't so much an offensive shootout. The score ended up being 24-20. It was basically a defensive game up until the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan threw over 300 yards, but he threw three picks with three touchdowns as well. Um, so he had an okay game, basically. Uh, but, you know, the Eagles' defense was was giving the Falcons' offense fits. They were sacking Matt Ryan. They were hitting them. They were stopping the running game at one point. But, you know, kind of hard trying to keep everyone from touching the ball and and the one player they didn't want for them to catch the ball was was uh, was Julio Jones, and he got the he got the ball at fourth and one and took it to the house uh, for a touchdown. Was kind of what gave the lead in the fourth quarter, but you know the, the Eagles still fought. It was just unfortunate that they were one yard, they were inches short away from first down, and they went for it on fourth down because they had to because the game was on the line. And when they didn't convert, Falcons won. They just kneeled the clock. But very awesome, great Sunday game. Next Sunday game or next Sunday night game coming up is the Browns versus Rams. As a Browns fan, I'm kind of nervous. Uh, Browns versus Jets. Um, OBJ's performance. He had over 150 yards receiving, just off four catches and a touchdown as well. Uh, the Jets, despite the players they added this offseason, uh, it, it looks like they're looking out a rough year. I, I won't say tanking because they're, they're not going to draft a QB. They got Sam Donald, but they really not only need to improve their own line, they need to continuously improve the weapons they have. They have Jamison Crowder. They have Le'Veon Bell, um, but uh, the Jets are going to have a tough season. Um, we'll take a break real quick, and I will uh, mention players that some players that have significantly improved so far in these two games. Uh, the news of the week, and then what to look into, or what to look in, or what, what to look look for in Thursday night's game. Oh man, welcome back, man! I just I just had to drink some water. Uh, stay hydrated, my friends. Um, players that have shown significant improvement. I'm gonna name four players, and some of these names you maybe heard of, or may not heard of. But for those who have heard, you would think that, wow, they didn't really show significant improvement. They've already they they played at this level, at this at this excellent level, and. I would say you may be right in some ways, but some of them came off of injuries or have been dealing with injuries and have been really been playing well. So here, here are the four players. I'm going to start off with Whitney Merciless. This past week, he won AFC Conference Defensive Player of the Week with two sacks and two forced fumbles. And so far, he's leading the league. Well, no, he's not leading the league. He's in, he's in top five right now for sacks. Uh, he had he's at he has three sacks right now in the league with two forced fumbles. So a lot of people worry about the trade with Jadamian Clowney, which I understand that they may have not gotten the players that are you know that are not as athletic as Clowney, but the like Jacob Martin, who's a pass rusher for Houston now, he's got he got some pressures in that game, and uh, although he didn't get a sack, it was definitely close. Um, However, I, I feel like a lot of people overshadowed 
wouldn't he merciless? Now, Granny's getting up. He's the same. He's a year younger or as JJ, uh, as JJ Watt. Uh, JJ Watt's in his 30s now, I think, and Whitney's 29. Uh, but Whitney, he's been the one that's been carrying the Texans' pass rush in, in, a, in a sense of getting sacks. Other defensive players who got sacks too. JJ has not got a sack yet, but he's been consistently getting double teams. Which you can make an argument, which I will make this argument too, has helped Whitney Merciless win AFC Conference Player of the Week or Conference Defense Player of the Week. But, you know, for him having that opportunity is on those one-on-ones. Um, he, he, um, he's been excelling so far. He's getting, he's getting back to that level he was back in um, 2015 and 2016. 2017, he was kind of hurt and kind of left out. 2016, he had seven and a half sacks. 2015 was his best year by far, 12 and a half. Um, so I, I, coming off of his injury, um, it was a right arm injury, I think. Um, it was a pectoral. Yeah, it was pectoral, I believe. Um, he's, he's, I believe he's coming back. Uh, we'll have to see if he continues excelling at this level. But congrats on him. Um, winning not only, again, the Defense Player of the Week for the AFC Conference, but just showing uh, significant improvement to a point where I think I think he's going to, if he continues to play like this, he's going to have, he's going to outpace his uh, his sack record um, in his career. So congrats to him. Josh Allen, um, he was very inaccurate last year, barely completed over 55% of his passes. But right now, he's completing over 65% of his passes. And he has not turned over the ball in the red zone. Uh, so the red zone is when you get to the opponent's 20-yard line. Uh, so he hasn't turned over the ball there. I think he's thrown two picks so far this year in these two games. But he's really played significantly well. Um, and now, granted... Anyone can ball out on the Giants defense right now because there's just absolute trash. But in, uh, you know, the Jets defense, they're average. Um, so you can make an argument for that, but you cannot diminish the play of Josh Allen. He's gotten significantly better as being the quarterback of the Bills. Um, so look for him to continuously take steps. And you can also make an argument they might be uh, in playoff contention by the end of this year. Lamar Jackson, uh, a lot of critics, again, were saying that he cannot throw accurately. Same thing with Josh Allen in terms of barely completing over 50%, 55% of his passes last season. But he's been throwing dots. Uh, he has not turned over the ball. Um, he can still, of course, run with no problem. But he um, has completed over 70% of his passes and, and has been making – accurate throws, not just like to wide open dudes, but um, to into tight coverages with no problem. He's got, he's showing the confidence. Ravens are undefeated right now. They're playing against the Chiefs this year. Um, and are, of course, this year, I'm seeing this upcoming week. Um, so congrats to Lamar Jackson. Um, Gurley. Now he was recovering from a knee injury during this offseason and Against the Panthers week one, he didn't carry the ball that much. Of course, he had, he had 14 carries, um, but, you know, his his usage is, you know, 25 to 30 carries per game and 30 touches per game. And his carries, 
I typically increased to 18, I believe. He had some catches as well. He had a rush, his first rushing touchdown of the season. Um, but I would say he's been showing significant improvement to a point where uh, by weeks three or four, or even the fifth game for that matter, he's going to be uh, playing at an excellent level to where he's, he's going to be in that MVP conversation, or at least offensive player of the year again. So congrats. Uh, moving on, news of the week. Um, Giants bench Eli Manning for Daniel Jones. Um, so Daniel Jones to start this week, which I'll discuss more about that in the next episode coming out Saturday when previewing the games. Um, it, it, it's kind of a somber moment, if you will. Like Eli, he has not played well. He's got targets. He's got Shaquan Barkley, a beast of a running back. He's got a good O-line, but he's not played well. Um, so we'll see how we'll, we'll see how Daniel Jones does. He did excellent in preseason, but it's preseason. You're not, you know, playing against starters through four quarters. Um, so not to take away from his play, but he also has not thrown the ball deep at all. He's been making making intermediate throws. So we'll see how he plays. We'll see if he, you know, helps Shaquan Barkley in some ways uh, to have, you know, not as many people in the box to stop Shaquan Barkley. And we'll see if he can make accurate passes to not only open receivers, but to tight coverages as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to Eli Manning this year. I really won't, won't be surprised just because he's won two Super Bowls. Just because I would still make an argument that he can still play, again, not to uh, to an excellent level that he, he has played in the past. But um, that depends on if Daniel Jones gets injured, and that depends if he plays well. So we'll see, or how well he plays. And uh, what's to watch for for Thursday night's game? Uh, again, Thursday night's game tomorrow is going to be between Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say look for Jacksonville's run defense against Derrick Henry because Marcus Mariota is not playing well right now. So it's going to be leaned, again, heavily on Derrick Henry. So we'll see how he does. And then uh, Gardner Michoud. He's currently the quarterback for Jacksonville Jaguars. It was Nick Foles, but Nick Foles had a shoulder injury, um, and he won't be back till midseason um, at most. And at that point, even if Nick Foles comes back, if Gardner continues to play well, then there comes a conversation whether to play Gardner or whether to play Nick Foles. Um, but, you know, Gardner, he threw over 200 yards. He, he let a comeback. It just fell short against the Texans. Um, you know, even when they made that two-point play, Texans still had Watson. Um, Watson still could have, you know, led a comeback. And we, we never know. It's three, three uh, theoretics at this point, but uh, it's impressive to say at least how well Minshew has, has played. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, you know, hey, he's he's trash, or hey, he he's he's not actually playing well. When when the fact that he has, and and I I I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if Jacksonville gets a win this week, and it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee gets a win this week. So that's something to look uh, look forward uh, look forward to, or at least look into as well. So 
thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, again, I'll release next episode uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, previewing the games coming up this Sunday and Monday night, um, and what to look into those for, as well as you know reviewing Thursday night's game. And uh, thank you so much. Whenever you're, uh, whether it's listening in the morning, afternoon, and evening, just again, thank you so much for listening. Um, and have a kick ass day. Talk to y'all soon. Hey.